Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. You can pray until you faint, but if you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. And there's no need of running and no need of saying, honey, I'm not going to get in the mess. Because if you are born in America with a black face, you are born in the mess. Hey, hey, Charles Blow, I played that just for you. And good morning, young man. How are you? Good morning. It sounds like Fannie Lou Hamer. Am I right? You are 100% right. Correct. (laughs) And and I got to tell you, the reason I I thought about you was in in the book, The Devil You You Know, um, I was reading the uh, last the, one of the chapters at the end of hoping and waiting, mm-hmm. and 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 you write, black people must pray with their legs. And yeah. I that and I said that's what that's what Fannie Lou Hamer has said or, or said right. years years ago, and that's sort of that's what you're really talking about. Um, when did you decide that you had to put this manifesto together? Well, I wrote the book proposal almost three years ago. Really? Uh, so this yeah. is before Georgia? This is before Floyd? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the way books work. I mean, you, you, uh, there may be someone who can put out a quickie book. I'm not one of those people. So, you know, you have to have whatever idea you're having years and years and years before you write the actual book. And what was it that that had you thinking along those lines to develop this manifesto about, and you, you describe it, it's either re- reverse migration or however you want to describe it, Charles? Right. So the, the idea is, is uh, to uh, reverse the great migration uh, uh, to some degree, uh, to consolidate black power in southern states where black people are already uh, have significant percentages uh, of the population because at the end of the Civil War, three southern states were majority black, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina. There were another three that were within four percentage points of being majority black. Every southern state had large black populations. Uh, uh, and if you had just held those majorities uh, and still got the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, you could control up to 14 sentences. You could control... Uh, you know, more electoral college votes than New York and California combined, you, you know, you wouldn't have had, if they voted the same way over that period they voted, if they vote now, that you wouldn't have had a Republican candidate uh, president in probably 50 years. Last I checked, I don't think there was a single person on the Supreme Court who was appointed over 50 years ago. So the entire Supreme Court would look different. I mean, that's just, it's just a, a way of looking at black power and knowing that you, you should have had it. You should have held it. And the only reason you didn't hold it is because of white terror. And you can't let white terror – they may have won that battle, but they can't win the war. You can't – morally, you can't let that victory stand. And also, you have access to that power by simply, uh, like you said, praying with your legs, which is actually taking uh, a line taken from Frederick Douglass, even before Fannie Lou Hamer, mm-hmm. where he mm-hmm. says he prayed for 20 years, 20 years or 21 years, whatever it was, to try to get out of slavery and got no answer until he prayed with his legs, which is to get out of there and run away. So – I'm saying to black people, you can do this. The question is, you just have to ask yourself, do you want the access to this power? 
Now, the, the, I, I brought this, uh, this, I brought this discussion, uh, Charles Blow, into my show a, a couple of weeks ago uh, mm-hmm. when, I, when I started reading the book. And I, I got some blowback uh, mm-hmm. from people, by the way, who hadn't read the book yet. But, okay, uh, that's, that's always <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> they, 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 they said, well, you know what? You're giving up power uh, in in uh urban in urban cities that was one blowback i got mm-hmm. and the other blowback mm-hmm. i got was well how does charles blow I- explain uh let's say mississippi mm-hmm. where they control the the uh state legislature more are there i shouldn't say that there are more black elected officials in mississippi than any mm-hmm. other state so mm-hmm. how do you re- re- how would you respond to that or do you respond to that in the book uh, well, I will respond to it here uh, to, to 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 both things. One All thing right. is uh, uh, you, you can't talk about municipal power without black municipal power. Uh, there are twelve hundred majority black state, uh, cities and towns in America. Ninety percent of them are in the South. There is only w- one majority black uh, city in the entire state of New York. That is Yonkers. There's not a single majority black city in the entire state of California. People live under the delusion that they have municipal power when they have very little municipal power in those cities. New York City has two million black people. That's nearly two times as many black people as in the entire state of Mississippi. And yet they've had one black mayor 30 years ago, followed by two people who, uh, one who, Rudy Giuliani, who is raging racist, and we can see that now, and the other one was Mike Bloomberg, who is to this predatory system of stop and frisk. So there's a major backlash in that city against that. You've never had a black police chief in the entire city of New York. They cannot elect a senator on their own. There's never been a black senator from the state of New York. They, there's only been one black governor, and it's only because he was a lieutenant governor when the governor right. got caught in a prostitution scandal. Right. They have a handful of black representatives all in and around the city of New York, and you call that having municipal power that you're giving up. You don't have power. Even if not a single black person in New York State voted in the presidential election, that state would still be blue. How is that power? The let me let me ask this question, and I highlight it. Uh, well, before I go there, as we speak, and you know this better than than mm-hmm. than anyone else, there are thirty plus states that are now pushing voter suppression laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I guess where I'm going with this question, and and wanting to get your response. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, how would this migration, and am I referring, is it appropriate to refer to it as reverse migration? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I just, you know, cause I don't want you jumping me later on. But, no. you know, it, <laughs> I'm a very bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, in other words, you know, it seems like these, these, the devils we know, <laughs> the devil mm-hmm. in the book, the devil, you know, they're prepping. They're getting ready. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and now, does that concern you? 
because there are over a hundred and some uh, proposed legislative legislations out here, legislative uh, uh, proposals to mm-hmm. for voter suppression. So how do you how do you fight that? Here's the thing: you're going to okay. have uh, resistance anyway. I'm, I'm proposing a revolutionary act. There's no revolutionary act that comes without resistance or risk. Right. All, all you can do is decide to do nothing, and they're going to do it anyway. They're going to do this anyway. So that's, that's true. That, that, that's, that's, true. That's, that's the thing that people don't, don't, don't seem to register. They are going to su- try to suppress you anyway. One tool that you have is to gain enough political power that you can overcome efforts to suppress you, which is what all these groups here in Georgia, led, led by the amazing Stacey Abrams, did in the last cycle. Do you, do you think they were not trying? The reason that Stacey Abrams is not the governor of, of Georgia right now is because of suppression. But that doesn't mean that she didn't, they didn't try and did not overcome it. And there was one part of that was organizing. The other part of it was reverse migration. That happened yes. long before there was a Stacey right. Abrams in politics. Yeah. The, you know, it, the, the, the black population of Georgia doubles from 1990 to 2020, from 1.7 million people to now 3.4 plus million people. That is what power looks like. You simply overwhelm it. You also know, because, and I got to tell you, the other, I think your book, the, this, uh, this new book, The Devil You Know, should be uh, read in every college and I dare say high school sociology class, but every, because you really do great research on the how the mi- first migration started. Now, that was, one, jobs in part, getting, mm-hmm. out, getting out of a Jim Crow society and culture. Mm-hmm. What, what drives or what should drive African black folk back south in this reverse migration? Is it jobs um, or, or is it, in, in, as you've pointed out, uh, just a political strategy or is, should there be more? Because we know it was jobs and discrimination that drove the first uh, migration. My grandfather, Clarksdale, Mississippi, uh, you write about being a son you know, of the South, Louisiana, and you, mm-hmm. I found it interesting. You were kind of like I was. You, you man, you wanted to get as far away from home as you could when you graduated right. from high school. <laughs> so, so what? What else drive should drive people back south? Well, I think you hit on two important points, which is the push out of the south with the white racial terror and the collapse of the cotton industry with the infestation of the boll weevil in during in the cotton states. Right, and so for for fifty years after after the Civil War was over, black people stayed put in the South. There was terror everywhere. There was lynchings everywhere. People still didn't move. In fact, black people, the majority of freed blacks during enslavement, still stayed in the South. The South was where was home to us, right? And but when the collapse of the cotton industry. It was one of those moments where you just have to say, okay, you know, I can't, not only is there terror, I can't make a living. I'm open to other possibilities. I believe that what we're doing, we're facing right now is a similar uh, push out of northern and western cities. It is not a coincidence that the most of the highest profile 
killings of black people by the police has happened in these northern and western cities, in part because those cities have allowed a militarism of their police forces to blossom while they were pretending they didn't have a racial problem. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and and even though those those killings do not happen at the, happen at the same rate and scale as lynchings, because we have a digital uh, 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 distribution methods now, they 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 appear on all of our phones and on all our televisions, and so we get a kind of passive uh, traumatization from it. So it's as if there's a lot of it because we see so much of it. Right. So it has the right. overall effect of being greater than the actual numbers that it is. And second, but even that doesn't make people move. But with the pandemic mm-hmm. and the collapse of the, the uh, uh, economics for a lot of black people in the big cities, first of all, because they were already doing jobs disproportionately that were jobs where you have to, you couldn't socially distance, you couldn't isolate at home because you were doing jobs with your hands. Right. Absolutely. And so yeah. it disproportionately yeah. hurt you. And also it, it disproportionately uh, uh, erased the jobs that you did. So I looked at uh, unemployment data for the second quarter of last year, which was at the height of the pandemic, when not at the height of the number of cases, because we've just had that. But it was the height of our reaction to it when everything closed down, travel closed down, schools completely closed down. Everything was closed. Yeah. The, the black unemployment rate in Chicago Three times the black unemployment yep. rate in Chicago, in, in Atlanta. In Atlanta. And that, that, and that, yeah. that happened across America in these destination cities. So I believe that the pandemic has made all of us think differently about our lives, where we can be in the world, where we, what, what life we want to have, and could be just the push that people need to reconsider where they want to live out the rest of their days. Let me close out. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm old enough to remember a quote by Malcolm X when he uh, admonished black folk in the north. He used to say, quit talking about black people down south because y'all live up south. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that thought just came to my mind. I'm going to close with uh, reading um, this excerpt. And this speaks to young people. Mm-hmm. And 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 I and this this um boy this conversation you had I'm not certain with who um you 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 know you were talking about going to LSU but yeah. you know your family had this had this this you know they went to Grambling and mm-hmm. someone told you 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 it was right, a recruiter at Grambling yes okay said look Grambling needs you. LS, LSU doesn't need you. Mm-hmm. And then you go on down and, I, and, and you say, look, you, that you, you start talking, you're writing to the young, gifted, and black. And mm-hmm. you write, and, and I'll let you go through it. You say, look, your people need you. So is, is, are you speaking to young people in this black manifesto, the devil you know, are are they in a better position to to migrate, reverse migrate, than say maybe older blacks who are pretty much established in Detroit and Chicago? Absolutely. the The bulk of uh, any rever- any uh, voluntary migration is always young people. Yeah. Right. They haven't put down their roots yet. Many have not married. They have no children. They're 
relatively unencumbered uh, uh, for those who are in industries that could be operate anywhere. Some not all industry can, but for those who can, they could be anywhere. And so they just have to decide where they want their life to be. And so, of course, this book is primarily aimed at that. Yeah. And as you write, and you have a question mark, will you make it your mission? Because you're, you're really, that's what you're saying. This should be part of your mission. But you got to do it, correct me if I'm wrong, strategically. This has yeah, to be. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and also, and also I'm, I'm saying, you don't have to. And I'm not twisting your arm. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, aren't you tired? <laughs> aren't, aren't you tired of marching? Uh, uh, aren't you tired of protesting yet another black life lost without the ability to hold those officers accountable because that, that law that would hold them accountable is often state law, but you don't control a state? That's right. Aren't you tired? Yeah, the gerrymandering, all that, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Well, let me tell you, man, I, um, I, 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 I usually don't tell authors this, uh, but I have highlighted the book. I've oh, dog-eared it. <laughs> I've dog-eared it to death. <laughs> um, uh, it's a working book for me. It is a working book for me. The Devil That You Know. And I, I'm, I'm going to make one observation. Um, the last time I saw... Uh, Charles Blow was in, um, and Sherry, you were with me. Sherry is my uh, executive producer and Mm -hmm. my wife sitting here next to me, Um, was when we were on Martha's Venue. She's laughing. You can go ahead and put the mic on, Sherry. Uh, We were on on Martha's Venue, and our our good friend, uh, Skip Gates, does this piece every year, man. And you jumped in. Alan Dershowitz, ass, I'm man. sure he had never, <laughs> never. He wanted to get up and move because he was sitting I, next to you and you tore him a new a, one. And, and I kind of sat there and I said, wait a minute, Alan, what happened to Alan Dershowitz? Because he had this reputation of being progressive and liberal and I'm just curious, wh- what did you read or see? that that uh, in him that now appears to have come true. What do you mean to read in that on that panel? Yes, yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. You know I, I first I first I uh I'm a good old southern boy. Uh we have a way of uh, of doing things and a way of showing respect. So don't interrupt me. Like that that's that's going to be our first problem. You know, we go I'm going to have one Okay, one try at that, and then we're gonna have a problem. Uh, the, the second thing is, uh, 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 don't try to get me to unify with the racists and the people who de- deny uh, other people's humanity. That that that's that's the wrong trail. And he kept trying to say my job is to his job, and he told me that I did this was to bring people together and bring up their life. Well, no, that's not my job. Mm-hmm. My job, I would never ask of anyone that you unite and join hands with someone who denies your humanity. That's right. That is a, that is a psychically violent thing for, you, for, for me to suggest that someone do, and it was psychically violent for him to suggest that it was something that I should be doing, and I just had to make sure that he understood 
that that was not going to happen and he might as well just stop and move on to the next subject. Well, if he didn't understand it, everybody in that audience did. Uh, it's, I, I hope we can talk again and we'll get the Absolutely. book up on, no, we'll get the book up on our social, uh, media and, uh, this audience does buy books and I, it's called the devil, you know, and it is a, a cause I saw the subtitle, a black power manifesto. And I, and I thought to myself, why is that the subtitle? Because it is a yeah. manifesto. It really is. And and you are talking about a revolution, uh, not a moment, but a movement, as I've and said. And a legal, and, nonviolent yes. revolution that, that actually gives black people power, and yeah. they don't have to beg white people to join them in arms. Yeah, and uh, I, I always say to people, people ask, what's the difference between a moment and a movement? And you mm-hmm. spell this out to a degree. It's sacrifice. And yes. you, 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 you know, you uh, movements, all movements require sacrifice. Hey, look, yes. man, thank you, Charles Blow. Appreciate it. Uh, good work. Thank, you so, thank much. you so much. I really no, appreciate any, it. Thank you. Anytime. Have a good morning. Right. Uh, response. Can we do this? It's 21 after. Um, I'd like to then give priority to the callers, to those of you listening uh, in reference to what you just heard. Cause like, you know, and again, he's not demanding, he's twisting your arm. Oh, and by the way, for you young people listening, most migrations, most migrate is, it really is the mission of young people. So, you know, if, if, you know, if you're in New York, Chicago, Detroit, you know, up, up South, and and you you may say, look, man, I I don't know, I don't know if I can go back to Mississippi. I don't know if I can go back to Georgia. I, you know, I I, well, you know what? I take that back. Uh, for example, our our, our intern, your your grandmother Mackenzie, if I'm not mistaken, she moved back to Mississippi from Detroit, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah. So she she's part of this reverse migration. You're getting ready to um, finish up college. Have you thought about it? I mean, what's your your thoughts about about what you just heard? Because you're part of that generation that he's he's referring to. Right. Well, yes, I will be moving out of the country. So. Oh, you're going you're going way out. here. You, yeah. <laughs> you're leaving the country. Is it, I mean, it, it, OK. Where should can we ask? Yeah, I, mean, I can ask. You don't have to answer, but where? Yeah, I'm actually planning to move to Toronto uh, later this year. So okay, from there mm-hmm. I'll probably move to Africa after. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Let's get uh, your response, people. All right, twenty three after one eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Your response to what you just heard right after this. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.